to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Yesterday at Women's, the Lord had me after we did communion. And I do want to thank Mary. Mary did an amazing, amazing teaching on communion. Like, it was amazing. I, I went to her last minute Wednesday. I said, the Lord wanted me to ask you if you could teach on communion. And she did it. Because she is a teacher. She's a great teacher. She's an anointed teacher. And when I tell you, she broke down communion. And then she took it to the blood. And I didn't tell her what I was going to preach or teach about at all. So she took it to the blood. And then the Lord had me teach and preach about the blood. So it just flowed really good. So it was, it was amazing. So I'll tell you guys who are in here is that regarding the blood of Jesus, that the Lord is saying that in the blood we have everything we need in the blood of Jesus. Everything. We can apply it over any situation or circumstance. Whatever it is, we could take the blood and put it to that. Okay? Because the blood of Jesus is what cleanses us, purifies us. And it makes us be accepted in the Father and in the kingdom, okay? In the kingdom, we are to represent Jesus with the fruit that we produce. So Lord, start dealing with me with fruit. And let me tell you, when I'm preaching or teaching, it's not at you. This is stuff that the Lord is dealing with, with me, okay? And that I'm praying that it will also bless you. It's always an honor and a privilege to be able to, to teach and preach before God's children and his people. It's a privilege. I don't ever take it for granted. I don't care how small or big it is. I say the same rather women's had five people and it's just my girls and or we have 40. Doesn't matter. I'm still going to preach with the same tenacity, um, excitement, the same anointing. It doesn't increase or decrease based on who's here, who's not here, how many people are here, how many are not. However, the Lord's been really dealing with me with the fruit we produce. So on Matthew 7, Verse 15 says, Beware of false prophets who come to you dressed as sheep, but inside they are devouring wolves. You will fully recognize them by their fruits. Do people pick grapes from thorns or figs from thistles? Even so, every healthy, sound tree bears good fruit, worthy of admiration. But the sickly, decaying, worthless tree bears bad, worthless fruit. A good, healthy tree cannot bear bad, worthless fruit, nor can a bad diseased tree bear excellent fruit worthy of admiration. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and cast into the fire. Therefore, you will fully know them by their fruits. Now, you know me, I had to look up fruit and dictionary and all that stuff. So in the dictionary, fruit means the ripened reprodu reproductive body of a seed plant. It is anything produced or occurring product result or effect, return or profit outcome. Fruit in the Greek means figuratively everything done in true partnership with Christ. A believer, which is a branch, lives in union with Christ, the vine. By spiritual definition, fruit means two life streams, the Lord living his life through ours and to yield what is eternal. Metaphorically, fruit means that which originates or comes from something. Okay, it's a result. We all know a tree is recognized by nature by the fruit it produces. An orange tree is gonna produce oranges. A fig tree is gonna produce figs. An apple tree is gonna produce apples. There's no way an apple tree is gonna produce figs. Vice versa. You can't stick a label on a thorn bush and say that thorn bush is a healthy tree. We know you can't do it because that's not a good healthy tree, a thorn bush. I don't know anybody who wants to touch thorns. I don't. But once again, it says in Matthew 7, Verse 16, by their fruit, you will recognize them. 
That is by their contrived doctrine and self-focus. Do people pick grapes from bushes or figs from thistles? Fruit is always visible. It's never invisible in someone's life. Fruit is keeping in with who he is, okay, and being highly productive. Fruit is who the person is, period. It's now who they pretend to be. It's now who they have deceived you into, think, into thinking they are. It's literally who they are, okay? God did not say you would know them by their social media posts. God did not say you would know them by their social media followers. God did not say you would know them by the way they preach and teach. God did not say that you would know them by how well they prophesy to you and give you names and addresses. He did not say you would know them by their good looks. He did not say that. He did not say how big the church is. You're going to know them because we, we got this thing in our brain. Oh, you got 50,000 50, member church. You must be so anointed. You got so much fruit. Not true. Because I know one time, Ben and I were in a church in Georgia. The most anointed worship time we've ever had with this pastor, ever. You, when I finish, you'll know who I'm talking about. Most anointed time, like, we was like, whoa. Well, it came out after we started being there a little bit. The fruit started coming out. He wasn't married. He was supposedly engaged, but also engaging in some other business that wasn't biblical, okay? So when it came true and we found out, we were like, we got to go because you ain't going to try to put your rotten fruit onto me and my family. So we tried to, like, look, set up, we set up an appointment. Can we talk to you? This is foolishness. And when my husband did go and talk to him, his comment was, well, I pled the, the blood of Jesus over it. You pleading the blood of Jesus over sin that you continually to do? We're out. We're out. Because you got to know them by their fruit, not by things on the outside how it looks, okay? People can preach like it's no one's business, but they can preach without an anointing. They can sing with the most beautiful voice, but they can sing without an anointing. Where's the fruit behind that? You got to inspect people's fruit all the time because men will lie to you. Women will lie to you. But you know what won't lie is their fruit will not lie to you. It's time for you to become fruit inspectors, kingdom people. You got to inspect someone's fruit. And I ain't say criticize their fruit by saying, they not there yet. I expect them to be here at this time. They didn't do that. What about that? No, not criticize. You are to judge their fruit. Let's talk about judge because we in the body get like that. You're not supposed to judge anyone. You're not supposed to. What I don't judge is people in the world because they don't know any better. But I'm going to judge each and every one of your fruit. Okay. I'm going to judge that. The Bible says that we judge them by their fruit. So let's get it clear because, see, we get this stuff that we hear from other preachers or teachers, and we stick with that thing like that's the Bible, and it's not. And while he's saying that this mediocre Christianity is getting out the door, this is where it stands because we have to know the word of God. We got to know it. Not to expect anyone else to know it. We got to know it. So we can judge them by their fruit. If you see me out in the street with a man that's not my husband, you as a kingdom person can come to me and judge my fruit and go, why are you with Brother Bob? As kingdom people, okay, if you see me doing something or dressed inappropriately in a certain way with these high booty shorts and a tank top like having my stomach out and you know I'm a pastor and you see me on the, I thought you were a pastor. Why are you dressed like this? Judge my fruit. Okay, and you have every right to say something to my fruit. Okay, so let's get that mess out the way because people think you can't judge anybody. Let's deal with the word, what it says. Listen, hmm. I get it, no one is perfect. Okay, I get no one is perfect, but you gotta know 
who was sent by God and who was sent to you by the enemy. Because the enemy wants to send people to destroy your purpose, to bring extraction, to speak falsely into your life. Okay? And you also got to be careful who you're around because who you're around can taint your fruit as well. If I seen Kelly hanging around a whole bunch of people that's always drunk, high, I'm looking at Kelly like, you getting drunk and high? Like, what's happening? Even though she goes, no, I'm not, and she very well cannot be. However, you're with other people that has fruit like that. If you're around someone that's lying all the time and someone says, hey, they saying this, and I'm going to believe maybe you're lying because you're around a group of people that's lying. Okay? Just makes sense, right? Make it make sense. Let me tell you, people have real gifts, real gifts, but their heart intention is not. They are not. They could be so anointed but filled with so much rebellion. You better judge them by their fruit, huh? Know them by their fruit. Become a fruit inspector. Matthew 12, 33 says, either make the tree good and this fruit good, or make the tree bad and this fruit bad. For the tree is recognized and judged by its fruit. Let's go to Galatians 5. Please tell me. I got to have somebody help me with time, because sometimes when you go on up here, you don't, you don't recognize the time. Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Ooh, that's good. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Listen, if you do not even possess the fruits of the Spirit, you won't produce any fruit at all. That's good. People should be drawn to your fruit. Your fruit needs to look great. Let me tell you, the little baby I had last week, who's my daughter's uh, boyfriend's son, was immediately drawn to me at the hip. All right? Follow me everywhere. I took him over to kids, just following me. So even his father was like, he's never been drawn to anyone like that. Well, let me tell you, kids know the fruit of the spirit. They know when you got love in you, peace, they feel protected and safe. That's what he felt in me, okay? In my counseling office, I have, um, I made my office. Do I made my office? Listen, I pray in there. I be playing worship music. Maria sends me um, her video blowing a shofar. I be playing a shofar all through my office. People, so everyone in my office comes in there, and they're like, we just want to sit here. Something by your office. It's just so peaceful. I mean, what is it? And I'm like, I pray here. Oh. Every one of my clients that come through the door feels good in here. Why? It feels so good in here. Because they don't know the presence of God, the fruit that I'm producing that's coming from the inside part, coming out, the spirit is releasing the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit, a peace of his presence, of his joy, and they don't get it. Right? Thank you, Lord. But I can tell you this. I had one. Oh, no, I won't go there. Okay, Lord says stop. Okay. The Lord did drop this in my spirit when I was at work the other day. And because um, I was sitting there going, man, Lord, the other two counselors have a lot more experience than I do. A lot more experience. I've been doing this a long time. And the Lord was like, they may have experience, but you have the anointing. And because of the anointing, I have an advantage over even the experience. So let me tell you each and every other, if you're sitting here looking at someone going, I don't know, the Lord is saying to you, you have an anointing, which is the advantage. So you're not going in by yourself. 
you got heaven backing you up. You got the word of God backing you up. You have a river in you that's flowing that's backing you up. So it's not just about you. It's who you possess, who you got on the inside of you. Who, don't make me preach harder than I can. Don't y'all make me do this. Don't y'all make me. I'm trying to stay cute behind the pulpit, but you making me. Don't you understand the anointing that is in your life? Do you understand the lion that roars on the inside of you? Do you know who you have possessed? It's the king of kings and lord of lords. It is not Allah or anybody else. We're talking about Jesus who died on the cross, who blood shed for you, and you got to go ahead and go for it because his blood is in your veins. Do you understand who you possess on the inside of you? I'm talking about Jehovah Jireh. I'm talking about the provider of all. I'm talking about the one who shed his blood. I'm talking about the one who says he gives you healing. I'm talking about the one who gives you restoration. I'm talking about the one that you may have dealt with in your family and thinking there's no way. The things that are impossible for you, God said it's possible for him. So all you got to do is take your charge. You stand on the word of God and you say, you know what, Jesus? not about me anymore. I know who you are. I know that you've been faithful to me and you're going to continue to be faithful to me. So if I'm going to tell you again, you have something on the inside of you that is ready to come out that wants to produce fruit, not just in your life, but produce fruit in many other people's life. So you better go ahead and show that fruit. You better set that fruit shine in the lives of you so you can bless other people. Come on, people of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got fruit on you. Hallelujah. Jesus. Woo. Let your life be a lifestyle of worship with that fruit. And I'm just not saying worship at church with your hands up. I mean worship him on how you treat your wife. Worship him on how you treat your husband. Worship him on how you treat people. Worship him how you do that work. Worship him in other ways than just opening your mouth. You let it be an example. Hallelujah. You keep representing him with your character and your honesty and your integrity. Let people look at you and say, yeah, there's something different about you. I want that what you have. Not that I'm jealous, but I just want what you have because I know it's something in you that I need. I know that's something in you that gives me hope. I know that you got something that can give me deliverance. I know you got something in you that can give me joy. I know you got something in me that can break off this depression. Hey, I know there's something in you that can break off anxiety I've been dealing with for years. I know there's something in you that can break this trauma that I've been dealing with in my life and no one can deal with it. I know there's something in you that can give me that I can go forward in power and authority. I want what you have. I want your fruit. Coming off my notes. You got me coming off my notes. You got me coming off my notes. Jesus, I might have to tell Cody to turn me up in the mic because I'm telling you, I'm about to be just yelling in one more second and I don't want to strain my voice, but I think God got something special for you today and he wants you to understand the fruit that you possess because if you can't believe it for yourself, baby, I'm going to believe it for you and I'm going to push you through. Like I told the ladies yesterday, I'll push you through the finish line. I don't care if you get pushed and you falling over the line, you getting pushed to the next level that God has for you. You will finish this race. You're going to finish this race. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Not with me. With me right there with you, you're going to get that. Jesus, come on. Those who operate in fruit, they know that you got to forgive. You got to forgive people. 70 times 7. How many know I wanted to smack Peter when he said that? trying to be all religious. You mean seven times? No, seven times seven. We forgive people. 
No matter how ratchet they were to you, no wonder how raggedy they were to you, no wonder they talked about you like a dog and still talking about you, no wonder they, they just been so nasty. You forgive them because it's not about you, uh, them, it's about you. You let the Lord deal with them in their ratchetness. You let the Lord deal with them in their mess. But you forgive for you because you can have your fruit blocked. And sometimes it's hard. But you people who got good fruit, you got good fruit. You know Jesus is more than just Savior. He's Lord. He's Lord over your life. Thank you, Lord. He's not just a presidential candidate that we can vote in when we want and can go in and rewrite the Constitution. We know him as Lord. We get rid of our desires and our wills and our wants. It's about what he wants. Thank you, Lord. We're not just attracted to people with the personality. Oh, I like your personality. You got to have a sound that connects with my spirit for me to want to connect with you. I'm not just connecting with anyone, and you also need to be the same way. You don't connect with anyone. You young people, don't just be connecting with anybody because they seem popular at school. You get the heck away from them. You judge their fruit, too, because God wants to use each and every one of you. Let the people see you and be encouraged by the fruit and young people. Start being in there praying on people. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you, just because you're saying you're Christian and the kingdom people don't mean you got to st start quoting the Bible all the time, scriptures all the time. Nope, the anointing in your life is sometimes can be enough. Thank you, Lord. So ask yourself, each and every one of you, are people encouraged by your life? I they encouraged right here, right now. If they saw you, would they be encouraged? Now, hear me. I ain't talking about the ones who are who are nasty and they just want to find fault with you. They can't stand you anyway. I ain't talking about the haters. I'm talking about the other ones. When they see you, are they encouraged by your life? Because fr rotten fruit is the only fruit that eats itself, and you don't want to eat yourself. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm, I'm being like Papa Ted. I'm moving. I'm, I'm trying not to. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> I got to have room for my husband to come up. Listen, I don't know if I need to stop. Jesus. Oh, I got all my Lord Jesus. It's hot up here. Take Karabul show. Lord, where are we going? I don't know, babe. I don't know, babe. Fruit. The fruit. Fruit. <laughs> we always say that like yesterday. We're like, come on, Holy Ghost. And we're like, oh no, Holy Ghost. It's too high. No, 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 Holy Ghost. No, no, no. We're like, yes. No, no, no. So the fire, like, bring the fresh wind of the Holy Ghost. We hot. Like, we need the fresh wind of the fire. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, help me, Lord Jesus. Ah, Jesus, okay, where's I? Fruit? Fruit. What else? Oh, fruit of the lips. He's saying our fruit of our lips, right? Does it say something about the fruit of the lips somewhere in the Bible? <laughs> Thank you for the lips. Oh, Jesus. Okay, I, I'm supposed to give a quick reminder about the fruit of your lips. Huh? 
Fruit of your lips. Jesus, okay. Fruit of the lips. What else? <laughs> Y'all would you speak? Okay. Have some fruitfulness in your mouth. Because you're going to eat whatever you speak out. You don't want to eat nasty fruit. I don't want to eat nasty fruit. Have you ever seen apples with the little thing? I don't want to eat it because something got in there. This is nasty. If I see grapes shriveled, don't want you. I don't like raisins. You were not a raisin. You're a grape. If you're shriveled, I don't want you. <laughs> we speak in life, Proverbs 1831, 1821. Death and life. Thank you, Lord. Say the world will know us by our fruit. I said, say the world will know us by our fruit. Say it one more time without me helping. Amen. And you know your fruit is in high demand. What you carry is in high demand. There may be a shortage in other fruits, but ain't no shortage in you, baby. You flow freely. You got so much on the inside of you just to flow. Let that anointing on your fruit make darkness bow down. Make that anointing on your fruit make demons tremble because they're like, oh, Donovan got up. Oh, we better sit on down. Oh, no, we better back it up. Let the anointing of the fruit in your life said demons got to set back up off you and your family. They ain't got no part of you. Mm-mm. Let that anointing on your life make hell and demons nervous. It's funny. I wrote this. Statistically, young people are leaving the church in droves. You know why? Because of what the church what the church and what Christians represent. They don't see the power of the fruit in the lives of believers at all. You know where they're going? They're flocking to new age stuff. They flocking to mediums. They flocking to psychics. They're going to all these little other different things because they feel they have the supernatural. They got supernatural stuff. So young people want to go there. They want to see some power, okay? But let me tell you, the supernatural does not belong to the new age or the psychics or the mediums. It does not belong to, they don't belong to the Wiccans or the new age movement. The supernatural belongs to who? Jesus. The supernatural belongs to God because our God is supernatural, right? Our God has unprecedented power. And if we got to represent that so these young people ain't running out there in the streets trying to get to other things because they're seeing power, you got to represent his power. You can't operate and walk in fear anymore because not only do the young people need you, but everybody outside these four walls need you and the fruit that you have that you represent. And that's the power of God. Go produce that fruit that's in you. Because you know what, y'all? We need your leadership. We need the anointing on your life. We need the call that's on each and every one of your life. We need your gifts and your talents and the music that you have. We need the books to be written. We need the businesses to start being open. We need that from each and every one of you. So let the world judge you and know you by your fruit. Okay? I'm going to be done because I, I can't do it anymore. Uh, you just got to learn to relax, you know. Uh, the Lord uh, showed me a long time ago that um, in, in his word, there's a lot of word, there's, there's a lot of wisdom, a lot of information. 
and it can, it can make you heady, you know, to where you start feeling like lifted up and exalted. But you have to, we have to humble ourselves. That's one of the key things in bearing fruit. You know, Jesus humbled himself, you know, even though he was Lord over all. He was Lord over all when he was born. Yep. Okay, that's important to understand that about theology. Because the decision was made before the foundations of the earth that God would send forth his son in due time. In the fullness of time, the scripture says. And he humbled himself even to, even to the death of the cross. He humbled himself. He became, he, he knew pain like he never knew pain before. He humbled himself. Amen. Because he was able to humble himself, the reason for his humility and the reason for his coming is because of his great love for us. So everything that we do, saints of God, everything that uh, we set forth to do has to be rooted and grounded in his love. And some of us have a difficult place getting to that because we don't really know what love is. But as we learn God's word, as we learn what's revealed in the, the scriptures, and as Brother David pointed out earlier, that he experienced a touch of God like he hasn't felt before. As we become immersed in that great love, his tenderness, his kindness, his gentleness, his strength. As we experience that, then we can share it Amen. with others. But you got to realize where you're at in your walk. Amen. You got to be able to identify. What do I need? Lord, I know you will supply everything that I need. I feel dry right now. I'm tired. And trust me, the Lord has something. He will fill Amen. what you need yeah. until your cup runneth over. Amen? Yeah. Amen. To an overflowing. Some of you, if I had a cup out here and, and poured it full of water and just kept pouring it, even though it was just spilling over and over and over, you would say, that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. But I'm here to tell you, that's the way God is. Amen. He's a more than enough God. He's an abundant God. One of his characteristics is the God of more than enough. So he's going to give you more love, more strength, more power, more wisdom, more revelation. But guess what? We can't do we can't get heady, high minded. You know, I'm I'm God now. I know so much. Everybody else is beneath me. That was not God's aim to do that. Amen. Even though he was Lord of overall, he humbled himself to the death of the cross because humility, it's a redeeming quality. It is. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, I think I found that out early off in life is that people can be so good, but when they like treat people like garbage or trash, it's just like, you know, why? Nobody's that good, you know? And our father, he sets the example as a king over everything. The, the very creator that formed and made us and shaped us after his image and likeness died for us. He humbled himself to the death of the cross. That's why in Philippians chapter 2, it says, let this mind 
be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Let us have that same mind. Let us have that same temperament. Let us have that same countenance, that same characteristic that is so valuable. He's patient and kind. He's long-suffering. Now that we know wisdom and knowledge and, and, and revelation and all these good things, and we encounter somebody who doesn't know it, who hasn't experienced the love of God, how are we going to treat them? Are we going to get impatient with them? Are we going to call them stupid? Are we, we going to uh, say things like, you'll never, you'll never get it. You'll never amount to anything. You're no good. Or are we going to kindly and gently share with them the love of God? If they can't get it from our words, then maybe we need to show an, an act of kindness. Hey, what are you doing Wednesday afternoon? I want to take you to lunch. Do you have any schedule? Do you have anything on your schedule for Saturday or, 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 or Sunday? I want to spend some time with you. Amen? Yeah. So it has to go just beyond uh, words sometimes. It has to go in, into our acts. Amen. And the things we do and represent from them. Um, I'm just going to continue to share on what God has given me. Um, I, I know that this church is just, just overflowing in, in uh, the power of the anointing, and, I, and I'm just going to uh, recognize and acknowledge that at this time. But there's, there's so much in the Word of God. There's, there's, there's a lot. And you know what? It's good to eat, eat the Word. And get it in us. I said to my daughter this morning, I says, um, you know, the world is filthy and we live here, right? So if we spend too much time in the world, out in society, we're going to get filthy. That's why we have to come home, take a shower. All right. And if we're out there in the world amongst worldly things and, and lewdness and things of that nature, we're going to get dirty. That's why we have to come to church. We have to allow time for God to work on our minds because our, our minds need to be renewed. Our minds need to be cleansed all the time. I mean, if you, do, if you go a day without a shower, I know at least, let me speak for myself. If I go a day without a shower, a shower I'm going to be pretty, pretty smelly. And my wife, she's, she's going to be the first to tell me, take a shower. You know, if I spend enough time out of the Word, out of the word of God, I'm, I'm going to become smelly, right? If, if, if I'm not coming to church or if I'm coming to church, but then after I leave church, you know, the physical house where the word is preached and uh, I go back into the world doing uh, funky things, you know, things I shouldn't be doing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smell and I'm not going to have a manifestation of a righteous fruit. Amen. And. What I want to say to you, saints of God, is that in this walk, we're all learning. All right. So you have to you have to give yourself, you have to allot yourself patience and you have to be merciful to yourself because we serve a merciful God. OK, his his love and his mercy for you, it is going to take forever to to unfold it all. 
Okay, that's how big his mercy is. The, the scriptures in Micah chapter 5 says that his, ocean, his oceans of mercy, his ocean, all right, his ocean of mercy, it's, it's big. And if you look at the ocean, you can't see the end of it. So it's, it's really big. Or the depth. Okay, you can't see the end of it, and you can't, you can't, you can't really gauge how deep it is. That's the same love of the Father that he has for us. So... We owe it to ourselves to, to spend. That's why when we say he's worthy, Jesus is worthy, he's worthy of our time to yeah. get to know his love for us. Yeah. You know, his laws, his statutes, his commandments, it reveals his heart and that he does care for us. When we talk politics and we're talking about political uh, representatives, we're sharing with the body of Christ who we believe According, according to the word of God, according to what we see, uh, uh, most represents the, the, the word and the protection that the Father is trying to place in the earth. In the scriptures, it says that I set up God, I, God, set up kings, and I sit down kings. Amen. So in this day and this hour, we must educate ourselves because that's the first thing. We have to arm ourselves with knowledge, the correct information. And then that way we can make better decisions, not only politically, but financially and also in relationships and so on forth down the line, because our Lord has a plan of salvation. So salvation covers everything. It covers where we live. All right. Our God has a concern where we live. Our God has a concern what we eat. Our God has a concern where we laid our heads down at night. Those are all his concerns. Those are all a part of his salvation. Every intimate thought that you can think of that belongs to the Lord. The Lord is concerned with that. The Lord has paid a great price. So in this, I say that we are heirs of salvation. Okay, we have received a great covenant. Galatians 5, 6, and 7 says that we are joint heirs of the king of everything. The king, he's a king over a, a kingdom that has no end. A kingdom that has unlimited resources, a kingdom whose resources will never run dry, a kingdom whose beauty or bounty will never be known fully because it is limitless. It is boundless. Amen. It goes on forever and ever and ever. We serve a king that doesn't know death, that cannot die. We serve a king that cannot lie. And because we are his all right, Psalms 115 and 16 says that uh, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given it to the sons and daughters, his sons and daughters. It is part of our inheritance, the whole earth. Now, the scripture says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the silver, the gold, the raw materials, everything on it, in it, uh, beneath it belongs to the Lord of creation. And we are his. We are heirs to the throne of salvation. In Revelations 5 and 11, there's a big picture that John the Revelator, John the prophet, is showing the body of Christ. And he says there's angels. There's a myriad of angels, angels upon angels. This, this happens in heaven after, after the ascension of Jesus Christ, okay, after he was raised. And then he was seen by hundreds and, and, and all the apostles. They said, worthy is a lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. 
and he's worthy to receive power. There's a list there. It says power. Let's go there. Revelations 5 and 11 real quick. But this is your inheritance package, saints of God, of this glorious gospel, of this glorious gospel. I'm going to read this, but I want to say that this is this is important, this glorious gospel. Now, gospel, that's a that's a uh, that's a religious term, right? Gospel, because it takes some explaining to 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 uh, understand what gospel means. What are we saying when we say the gospel, the gospel, the gospel of this kingdom shall be preached? The gospel, the gospel, the gospel, right? The gospel is a two-part word. Go and spell. Go and spell. Two-part word. Go represent ghosts, okay? Spell is you're, you're speaking of a characteristic. In this case, we're talking about the characteristic of God. He left his Holy Spirit in the earth so that we would encounter his spell, his characteristics. And that's what Tasha was talking about. Love, joy, peace, you know, temperance, goodness, long-suffering, all those good things. In Galatians 5.22, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And I know you guys are saying, my God, there's just so much. Yeah, there is, because we're coming into a new kingdom. There's going to be a new orientation that we have to get our minds uh, under and, and, you know, abreast to what God's plans are and how we are to live in that kingdom and even just uh, encountering the awesomeness of it. It's weighty. And, and Tasha, she experienced that weighty glory that sometimes God could just, it just feels like you just want to faint. That's why you read that, you know, so many times in the Bible when they saw an angel. We're not even talking about God Almighty. They just encountered an angel. They just bowed down. No strength was left in them. It was so awesome because some of those angels, and there's different types of angels, some of those angels, Gabriel, he came to bear a message. But Michael, you see somebody like Michael? Ain't no fear in Michael. Michael, when he's released, he comes to take care of business for the kingdom of heaven. That's why some of y'all, you want to you give up. You're going through a tough time, and rightfully so. You're being attacked. You're being bombarded by the kingdom of darkness. They know, they know how to triple team you, tag team you, and all that stuff. That's what's going on. That's why people are getting bent up. And, and back again. Even, even the elect of God, they lose that humility, thinking they, they start having that know-it-all attitude. Amen? And then and guess what? That's an entryway for the dark one to come in, and they're going to come in. They're not going to give up. They're not going to stop attacking the church. They're not going to play nice with you. They're not going to be buddy-buddy with you. Their objective is to, be, to deceive you and to destroy you. Is that clear? That's their objective, and they're not going to stop. They're not going to get discouraged. They're not going to play nice. They're not going to play pity pat with you, just like these Democrats out there. I said it. These Democrats out there are, okay, yeah, okay. They've, 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 they've gone to an extreme, all right, and it's time that people know. That people know. It's time. 
Okay, because it's time that God's will is done. It, it's time. It, we, we have what you call in Hebrew a modim. It's an appointed time. Okay, and we're living in an appointed time right now, saints of God. Okay, where, where God is saying all the works of the enemy, you're taking a back seat. Your time is up. Okay, that's in the scripture as well. We talk about Revelations talks about 666. Okay, 666 is concerning the time of rule of Satan on the earth, just like the Sabbath day is, is, is uh, speaking about a time of eternity. Okay, the types and a foreshadowing of a time to come. Okay, the things in the Old Testament was, was, was giving a foreshadow of things to happen in the future. Amen. Amen. So we're dealing with a modium time. And God is raising up an army of people. You guys may not see it right now, but he's raising up men and women of God that, that, that are saying, thus saith the Lord. The heavens and the earth, because it's time. God is tired of his, his people living in poverty, living in lack, uh, not having the truth. Man, to chew on a lie is something, something terrible. To have to believe a lie and you, you, you go uh, off to a foreign land and give your life based upon something that was a lie, something that was going to benefit and put somebody on a hill in Beverly Hills. It's not right. And God is, God is saying enough of that. Merciful, kind, loving, patient God. But he's also mighty and powerful. He's also a judge of the universe. And he's a king over everything. And he's a righteous king. And in the scripture it says, in righteousness does he judge and make war. In righteousness. Jesus kicked the, the money changers out of, out of the church in righteousness. I caught a guy out here harassing some members of our church, saying bad things about the church, saying bad things about them. And then he started walking over to the children's ministry. I said, you know what? Here's that righteous anger rise up. I said, look, you have to leave off of this property right now. Um, by whose authority? Mine. Mine. Leave now. I called a couple of the brothers. I said, hey, this gentleman right here, he's not allowed on the property. They were like, what? What the heck did he do? Did he kill somebody? Well, I wasn't going to let it get that far. Amen. If he's talking that way, manifesting, not responding to my kindness, okay? Hey, yeah. The Lord said, you could have did it a little different than that. Yeah, I take correction. You know what? But the church needs to understand about zeal, the zeal of the Lord, okay? Isaiah understand what zeal means. That's why he could prophesy that the government will be on the shoulders of Jesus Christ, a new government, a new kingdom. He says the zeal of the Lord will perform this. Determination, saints of God. Huh? We're not saying that you, you, know, you, don't, you don't go through uh, trials, things don't get heavy sometimes and stuff like that, but... That zeal in you, a relentless attitude, not to give up, not to quit, right. but to remember, to, to bring into account what, what our Savior has paid for us, all the wonderful things that he did. He, knew, he didn't know pain like he knew pain when he carried that cross. He didn't know pain. Right. He didn't. 
He could, how could he? he ne this, never, this never has been done before, and nor would it ever be done again. The stripes on his back. And he carried it, and he carried it, and he carried it for the joy that was said before him. Amen. And he could see that day where Tasha would preach with power. He could see that day that Pastor Tom would establish this ministry, the Treasure Coast Victory Center, so people can learn about their inheritance and who they are. The joy that was set before him, he took it and he carried it. He carried it. Relentless passion, relentless pursuit of excellence. Hung on that cross with nails in his hands. For hours. And all he could say is, Lord, forgive him. Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. We are heirs of salvation. Revelations 5 and 11. You can go home and read it. I pray that you go home and read it. But there's a list that belongs to you that your heavenly father has given you. He's given us power. He's given it to us. That's what the death was about. Yeah, but he took the death back. Well, he's got power. Sorry, but he's got power over death. He had to demonstrate that. Do, do, uh, okay? We got to be patient with this now. It's going to take, take a little time for our natural minds to understand spiritual things. All right, but this this being, this entity that we worship and we serve, he's got he's got power. He's li he's limitless in power. Limitless, and he's so humble. Every every day you step outside, it's just like so peaceful, right? Mm -hmm. God's not ranting and raving and shouting at us, mad at us. You gotta preach the gospel. You gotta be right. You got to do this. You got to do that. He's not. He's patient. He's kind. Quiet, quiet spirit. And that's one of the things that I'm just amazed by. His humility, his beauty, his grandeur, his splendor. And how he just draws us in. But that power, saints of God, you need that. Everything that he's given us because we are heirs is for our successful journey. It, it says riches in there. We got to have monetary means because if you go on a journey, you got to have a vehicle, right? That's to say I want to go to the Keys or I want to I go somewhere to preach the gospel. I got to have a vehicle, right? And if I go talk to the vehicle people and I, and I tell them, hey, I want to preach the gospel, in this situation, he's going to like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, that's nice, really, really, okay, yeah, cool, nice, $1,500, right? I need some money down. I need to run your credit because this world was put up or built upon a monetary system, right? So in our inheritance, God has made provision for our journey. 
so that we can have a successful journey. So this journey that we call life, it will be successful and it will also be enjoyable. Amen. Because we're, we're going to need tires for that vehicle. We're going to need uh, everything that it, it might need. We're going to need uh, clothes on our back, a roof over our head, food in the refrigerator. So he has provided that. So in Revelations 5 and 11, it talks about our inheritance package. And it is something to get excited about so that when people see us, And to see that we are blessed, you know, that, that will be a light and a testimony that we serve a faithful and good God. I'm going to close in prayer. So, Father, we thank you, Father God, for all the wonderful things that you have brought us to, that you have led us to, Lord God. Who, who is like unto thee, O Lord, who have laid out the heavens? Hallelujah. Who is like, who, who is like you, Father? You are holy. You are holy. We worship you, Father God, with all of our being, Lord. We do seek out each and every day to know you more. We want to be more like you, Lord God. We want to bring forth your good fruit, your good characteristics, Lord God, as we learn about you, as we renew our minds in your water, in your word, through the washing and the water of your word, Lord God. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.